I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, hello, everyone, and you join us here today with a little bit of market news. Now, uh, I wouldn't necessarily consider myself to be the kind of person that follows prices going up and down, usually because it reminds me of all the watches I sold in the past that could have been worth more now. But there is some interesting news on the horizon. Uh, have you have you heard, Tom? Uh, no, what's this? What's this? So the most expensive and sought after Patek Philippe, the 5711. Right. The watch that's been climbing just huge, huge amounts uh, over the last few years, mm. has dipped in price. Right. Oh, okay, okay. Right, should I put it back on my list then? What are we talking about? <laughs> All right, so, well, for those of you not in the know, Patek Philippe makes a steel sports watch called the Nautilus, which came out in 1976 as a response to the quartz crisis to try and create something visually new and exciting that really showed off wealth from... A distance, and um, this is a watch that is one of surprisingly the more affordable from Patek Philippe when you consider RRP. Uh, it has been discontinued, but it was priced at around thirty thousand um, dollars. And in recent years, we've seen those prices head up to two hundred thousand dollars, and you know sometimes speculatively even more. Not to mention the green dial version, the uh, the, the 014, which were being offered for half a million plus. Well, the news is that these watches have taken a dip. Uh, between March and April, they have gone down 10%. Yeah. So are you essentially saying that this dip in prices is actually, oh, Patek Philippe's aren't no longer six times their original value. They're now just only three times their original value. Uh, not, not even that. They're not They're not six and a half times. They're now 6.2 times or something. Yeah. <laughs> okay, right. Yeah. Um, oh, well, this is great news. Yeah, I like where this is going. Um, <laughs> right. Are you telling me that there there's a ceiling for the price tag that a Patek Philippe Nautilus can reach and it's it's hit that and now it's coming back down is this what is is this what you're saying what's going on <laughs> it certainly seems like that well we'll have a look into i don't believe of, it <laughs> we'll have a look into some of the stats um i think it was about time but then at the same time i'm very dubious of any kind of forecasting um <laughs> it's certainly not my arena <laughs> yeah i i get anxious about um 
the interest rate on my bank account, which is I think about 0.1%. <laughs> and that, that, that fluctuating mildly. So uh, when it comes to watches having resale prices that are six, seven times their RRP, yeah, it scares me even to think about it, um, I'll be honest. Uh, but check this. So in, in 2021, Patek Philippe sold 70,000 watches. Now, that's not a small amount. They had an average sale price of around $30,000. Now, if you compare this to one of its closer rivals, uh, Audemars Piguet, which of course has the Royal Oak, which is very similar to the Nautilus and has experienced a similar level of growth, uh, Audemars Piguet sold 45,000 watches last year with a higher average price of $40,000. Um, so you could say, oh, I wonder if the Nautilus is an isolated example. Has the Nautilus gone so crazy that it's it's hit a peak, it's softened a little bit, and it's, um, it's by itself? But the Royal Oak 15202, also discontinued, uh, also very highly sought after, has hit a similar peak and has also, between March and April, dropped around 10% in price. Now the, the big question, is this like you say people have, have hit a point and gone, hmm, I think that's enough? Or is it indicative of something a little bit broader in the market? I don't know what you've um, you've seen speculatively in in the finance market, but what's your thoughts, Tom? Um it's interesting. I think the models that you're calling out here, the the Royal Oak and the Nautilus, they're your big boys, aren't they? Yeah. They're sort of emblematic of the uh, luxury watch space um, very very sought after pieces it could just be that people have kind of written them off <laughs> and now <laughs> they're just it, it, people talk about grail watches as in you know the holy grail something that's completely unattainable something that might not even exist and I think maybe people are perceiving these watches to be just that and they're kind of giving up on them and they're going elsewhere maybe you know they can find maybe the work I've been doing lately to promote smaller brands is paying off and people are like, actually, you know, I could just get a Tissot PRX and I don't need that. <laughs> and so maybe maybe these things are starting to funnel into the, 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 uh, the bottom line of the Nautilus and the Royal Oak. I mean, I, I don't know. It, it could be, maybe, maybe it's the other end of the scale. People the higher end watch buying public are starting to feel the pinch and they think, you know what, this is getting silly now. I'm not, I'm not doing this yeah. anymore. <laughs> yeah. And you know what, um, while, while your example of the Nautilus and the PRX may be on the extreme side, <laughs> I do wonder because we, we have seen great price increases on watches like the Chapek Antarctique, which has a two year waiting list, uh, an RRP of some, Twenty, thirty thousand dollars, something like that, and those are increasing in price as well. The, the, the point of entry for a Nautilus is so high; the, the people who can buy them are so limited that inevitably it's it's going to slow down. It's a bit like when something becomes popular at the auction house; they all get snapped up, all disappear into collections, and then you just don't see them anymore. And the, so the only times you end up seeing them are when they're being sold. Sure. Um, so may, maybe we're seeing just more disappearing into collections and people who have them for, for an investment are thinking, do you know what? This is now so high up above the price I paid for it that I might as well sell it. And so you're seeing a few more pop up for sale. I don't know. 
but it, it, people are cashing out. Yeah, potentially. Because once you see more for sale than you saw before, then it might trigger you to think, oh, maybe now is a good time to sell. Yeah. And so it goes. You, you'll see more for sale, supply and demand. There are more available, which means it becomes a little bit more in favour of the buyer, which means that price can come down. Now, whether that's coming down as in softening or coming down as an indicative of a greater trend over the market, that's that's another story. So, um, of course, we've all heard in the news the signs of recession yet again coming. I don't think we've quite recovered from the last one, but... Um, <laughs> we've, I, seems like we've always been in one. Yeah. <laughs> I'd say batten down the hatches, but can you can you batten down hatches that are already battened down? Yeah, I'm my battens are well and truly down, and my hatches could not be further battened. I, I'm out of battens, and the hatches are so battened down they're battened every which way. My hatches are, are more battened at this point than hatch. Um, yeah. So yeah, we, we've we've heard from sort of market leaders and and. and uh, sort of financial observers that the trends for recession are coming and perhaps this is a little bit of anxiety because when you think about it let's say you purchased a nautilus at rrp you were one of the lucky few they don't make very many of them Mm -hmm. and you could hang on to that if you hung on to that through a recession you'd probably still be quids in these things aren't going back to rrp no but if you speculated and you purchased one a couple of months ago and the price has gone up, ooh, 10%, and then it's come back down, ooh, to the price you paid for it. You've then got a decision. Do I get out now and break even, or do I hang on and hope that it will go back up again and it's just a blip? Yeah. Or hang on for the longer term and hope that eventually it will then go back up that 10% and carry on? Yeah. If you've just bought one, then you're probably even more shaky. So... A number of different reasons why impending recession might cause people to, uh, like you say, cash in. Um, what's interesting there, actually, is you mentioned the word anxiety. Yep. And I think this could, I think another attributing factor could also be not really a, about finance, but more about the watch wearer's anxiety of having such a hot ticket item <laughs> on their wrist. You know, I feel wrist shame. Um, but I'm at the other end of the scale. You know, when you're rolling around Watches and Wonders with the Casio, you feel a little bit uh, self-conscious. Yep. But perhaps the opposite is true. When you're bowling around with a Nautilus on your wrist, people might think, hey, look at Mr. Big Boots. <laughs> you might feel you might feel a, a tiny bit self-conscious because you've got this, you know, unicorn on your wrist that is you know, burning a hole in your wrist. It... it, it Maybe the other end of the scale is starting to feel the pinch. I'm not sure. Well, certainly, um, of, of course, you can leave it in your safe to invest. But if if you are someone who wears watches and enjoys wearing them, the anxiety of having something on your wrist that was designed to be noticeable for your wealth. When you walk around London and every other sucker seems to have a watch-cutting machete in their back pocket, yeah, I, I, I would certainly be very, very apprehensive of wearing a Nautilus and it being seen in the city, you wouldn't you wouldn't last five minutes, would you? No, I mean I only ever wear watches that are sort of borderline disposable, so it doesn't bother me if I, you know, thump them on a banister. Yeah. 
Um, but you're going to be terrified every time you wear a Nautilus lately, I think, wouldn't you? I wouldn't feel comfortable doing that. It'd be like wearing a, a locket around your neck with a Mona Lisa in it, but keeping it open and running around in the rain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, every, every time you knock your Nautilus on something, it's like a hit point goes bling, minus 10,000. Yeah, minus five charisma. <laughs> yeah, take years off your life. <laughs> Well, I definitely, I've definitely spoken to some collectors who are now put off by wearing these pieces. They have them in their collection, uh, but they are put off wearing them in certain places just because of the value, just because of the risk it puts them at. It's not worth... No. Earning hundreds of thousand pounds on a watch isn't worth getting shot for, is it? Yeah, no, definitely not. Again, more likely to see these watches being squirreled away into safes or being sold. Um, but let's let's take let's put our finger in the air because we're talking about the most expensive of expensive, the most extreme price rises. Let's talk about Rolex, right? Because the great barometer for price increases has always been Rolex. Um, let's chuck in some stats. Last year in 2021, Rolex sold over a million watches. A million, nice. <laughs> over ten times the amount that Patek Philippe sold, with a twelve thousand dollar average. Right. Now, if we compare this to Rolex's closest rival, Omega, Omega sold uh, half that, 500,000 watches at half the average value, $6,000. That just shows how far ahead Rolex is, but also leaves you wondering, well, hang on a minute. Rolex is all about the scarcity, but they sell twice as many watches as Omega for twice the price. Um, and you don't have any problem going into an Omega shop and buying an Omega. Uh, nevertheless, we haven't actually seen any decreases on Rolex. If anything, between March and April, the popular sports watches went up yet another 10 to 15%. But when these uh, price changes happen, they happen on the most extreme things first. I would say that if a Submariner has an RRP of 8 nine ten thousand dollars whatever it is and goes on the used market for twice that that isn't the same as a nautilus going for six times its rrp so of course we would expect to see the nautilus soften and then down the line something like a rolex soften so we'll have to keep an eye on it they're still growing but they could be a month or two off the trend what do you think yeah, I don't know rolex rolex is so mysterious and those numbers that you said is just very strange yeah they i feel like the scarcity is real but how can they be selling that many watches i suppose demand must be so high that that's not even enough to fill you know a fraction of what people want do you think they count merch um, in that price like rolex cufflinks and pens <laughs> yeah baseball caps tote bags get the numbers up could do could do yeah yeah, I, don't, I think I think Rolex is a bubble in a bubble. I don't think they're sort of indicative of the wider uh, watch buying market because they're so sought after. They, the numbers they they generate, you know, not just on sales on on anything. You know, I mean, we're starting to see a little bit of fatigue when we put Rolex in their IR titles, mm-hmm. but but generally they're sort of head and shoulders above the rest when it comes to any kind of interest in watches. Um, Joe Public, you know, if you were to do family fortunes and say name a luxury watch brand, they'd be the top answer every time, wouldn't they? And then there'd probably be a couple of others. Someone might say Breitling if they were weird. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know. What was your question? <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember. But if if the 5711 
uh, a watch that's made some with some 10 times the scarcity of your typical Rolex sports watch. That's gone down 10%. And like you quite rightly said, we're seeing a softening of interest in Rolex-related content. That could be indicative of a future softening on those sports watches. If that is true, it hasn't happened just yet, but we will keep our ear to the ground for sure. Mm. I don't expect that we're going to see Rolex sports watches available at RRP in jewellers' windows anytime soon. Um, And if anything, if the past has taught us anything at all, recessions are usually the time when people go and buy sought-after watches. So who knows, this may just be the calm before the storm of even greater uh, price increases in Rolex. We will see. Mm. What do you, uh, dear viewer and listener, think? And what do you hope? What's your whole view on the speculative market of these very, very high-end and highly sought-after Patek Philippe's, AP's, Rolex's? Um, I certainly know where I'd like them to be. Uh, talking to my wallet, we, we checked in earlier and we would like them to be less than RRP. Thank you very much, like they used to be. Don't imagine that's going to happen. But interested to see your thoughts. And uh, Tom, you're going to be saving your pennies just in case? Um, <clears throat> I'm I'm still hoping to see a dip in prices in Omega Swatch watches because uh, they're going crazy <laughs> still. Um, so I'd like them to come back down to RRP. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, that would be lovely. But no such luck, I would have thought. Okay, well... Stupid, crazy industry. Yeah. And we, we will continue to keep our finger on the pulse, um, which, as a, as a metaphor, is probably a little uh, underdone. It's probably like, ra- rather than keeping our finger on the pulse, it's more like riding the bucking bronco and hanging on for dear life. Uh, and I would like to say as well, do your own research uh, when you buy or sell watches like this and um, let us know how it goes. And until you do, see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 